Section three of A Battle of the Books. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Angelique G. Campbell, December 2018. A Battle of the Books by Gail Hamilton. Rise and Progress of Suspicion in the Soul my relations with the house of brummel and hunt began somewhere about the year seventeen sixty until seventeen sixty eight these relations had always been agreeable i seemed to be living in an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits i thought as mr tennyson remarked to the lily there is but one publishing-house and that is the house of messieurs brummel and hunt all others were to me outside barbarians mercenary hirelings mere hewers of wood and drawers of water messieurs brummel and hunt published on high moral grounds from love of literature and general benevolence gingerbread followed their virtue indeed but had no part nor lot in it my dealings were with mr hunt and the business aspect of our connection came to be nearly lost sight of behind the veil of friendship money arrangements i left entirely to him i never stipulated for anything either on books or magazine articles i considered that he best knew the money value of these things and that as we are constantly told the interest of author and of publisher are one he accordingly paid me whatever he chose and i was entirely satisfied one day in december seventeen sixty seven happening to want more money than was due me i recollected having seen a few weeks before an article in the segregational issue most on the pay of authors which said in regards to books the common percentage paid by publishers to average writers is ten per cent upon the retail price of the book the copies given to the press for notice not being included in the estimate thus for an edition of a volume whose retail price is one dollar the account would be made up thus suppose one thousand copies to be printed of which ninety are distributed to the press and otherwise given away for notice and the balance sold the publisher would owe the author one thousand minus ninety equals nine hundred and ten copies at ten cent each ninety one dollars and so proportionately for larger works at costlier prices without the least presentiment of anything uncanny i made the following reference to it in a letter to mr hunt the exact unfolds the beginning of sorrows now see in the segregational issue most this very morning i saw an article about the pay of authors in which it said that the ordinary price for average authors was ten per cent on the retail price of the book but according to my account i don't have ten per cent i only have somewhere about seven or eight per cent looking in my papers i find that all the contracts i have are only for fifteen cent on the two dollar volumes which certainly is not ten per cent except the first contract for city lights which says ten per cent 
but the bills or accounts or whatever it is are made up of that not a ten per cent but just as the other fifteen cents on the volume at least this is the way i make it out but i am not good at figures and may have made some mistake however here are the papers and you can see for yourself or i will show them to judge dane when i go to athens i don't like to talk about it here at home anyway but perhaps you will know all about it from what i have said and perhaps it is all right but certainly i am an average writer and you are an ordinary publisher not to say extraordinary and i want all the money i can possibly get and more too especially blank dollars by and by it just occurs to me that you may possibly think that i think that you have been falling into temptation my dear friend and fellow sinner if you should stand up with both hands on your heart and swear that you had cheated me i should not believe you i should say poor fellow work and worry have done their work his brilliant intellect i saw our lovely private asylum in corinth i would go there and spend the summer yours sane or insane m n i waited nearly two weeks and then receiving no reply to this letter i wrote to my friend mr jackson a book publisher of corinth asking him several questions but avoiding as far as possible any personality or giving rise to any suspicion i hoped he would think i was merely collecting information on the sixteenth of january nearly three weeks after my letter was sent came a reply from mr hunt in which the only reference to my inquiry was i have not answered your last letter touching the terms expressed in the contracts but you and i went over that matter once and it was with your entire concurrence with our views based upon the present state of trade and manufacture that the amount was decided on when you come to town we will go all over it again and it will be again settled to your entire satisfaction this reply did not meet my question i was aware that i had concurred in their views as my name on the contract showed it but i was not aware of ever having gone over the matter and i did not care for a second settlement while i was as yet unassured of a first i wrote again replying also to an invitation my telegram received the same day from a member of mr hunt's family my dear mr hunt this is great of you to come down here with a gay letter and utterly blink out of sight the fact of your having made me wretched for three weeks by not writing of course i concurred in your views if you had said to me owing to the state of trade and manufactures all the trees are now going to be bread and cheese and all the rivers ink i should have said yes that is a very wise measure i don't remember ever talking the thing over with you but i dare say as i did or rather you talked and i nodded as usual and of course i agreed for here are the contracts that say so and if i don't know what is in those contracts and accounts 
it is not for want of patient industry if i had as many dollars as i have poured over those miserable papers the last two weeks i would build a meeting-house don't you see the trouble lies back of the contract why did you wish me to be having seven or eight per cent when other people are getting ten if it was because i was not worth more you need not be afraid to say so i can bear a great deal of rugged truth but why am i not worth more when there is not a paper of any standing in the country to put it rather strongly that has not applied to me to become a contributor offering me my own terms does not this show that i have at least a commercial value writing books seems a more dignified thing than writing newspapers but in point of money there is no comparison to be made i could have got five times as much by putting cotton picking in the form of letters as i have from the book when day after day went by and you did not write i came to the conclusion that your high mightiness was standing on your dignity and then i was indignant too i can always be a great deal more angry with anyone than anyone is with me and i always will be and i said last week if he does not write me by saturday i will do something and what i did was write to mr jackson now you will perhaps be vexed at this but you have no right to be do you think i am going to die and to give no sign mr jackson is an older friend than you i said an older soldier not a better and then you did not write i did not mention your name nor say anything about myself or my affairs only asked some general questions i tell you this because your letter was good-natured if it had been cross i would not tell you anything and if you will be as perplexed and uneasy for three weeks as i was and not do anything worse than that i will award you a gold medal mr hunt you ought never under any circumstances to be angry with me in your large circle of friends you may have scores who will bring you more personal revenue but for the quality of loyalty pure and simple you will not find many who will go beyond me i may be infelicitous and inexplicable in demonstration but i was never anything but thoroughly true in mood the telegram came this morning in due season a thousand thanks for her kind remembrance but of course i was not going to athens with your letter staring me in the face talking it over is the very thing i don't want to do there is nothing to be talked over there are the papers i admit them all but when blank takes you to task for some misdemeanor and if ever you go to the good place it will be because that woman has pulled you through you don't say what are you talking about when i offered myself to you did you not say you would have me for better or worse and are you not perfectly satisfied she was satisfied then according to her lights but doubtless she has thought twenty times since she might have done better anyway you don't dast ask her and see 
now my case is not parallel england with all thy faults i love thee still i cannot conceive of anybody being a better publisher than you because you don't seem like a business man but a friend but here is the fact that i want so much and i have only so much to get it with and sales falling off and i getting on what is sold less than an unknown author gets on his first book can you tell in a month whether the new book is going to sell or not i have another children's book nearly ready but i suppose decency demands an appreciable interval between the two issues do you suppose the unpopularity of my doctrines has anything to do with it if it has i will thunder them out harder still if i must go down i will go down like the cumberland with a broadside volley of the books i want i don't know how many a dozen or two if people won't buy them i will give them away for read them they shall i will now close this short note with the reflection which i have often made be good and you will be happy and never bring up against me a concurrence of views at any past time as a fortification against discurrence in the present and if that is like st paul hard to be understood good enough for you for not writing me sooner and throwing me into such a perturbation remember always the difference between the ascent of indifference and the ascent of conviction whatever i agreed to in times past was because i had no interest whatever in the subject and supposed it was all according to the law of the medes and persians now that ruin gapes before me and i am after all only the law unto myself it makes no atom of difference to me that i have not been fighting you the last century steady while i am in a spasm of comparative serenity i will declare and affirm that you are and always have been one of the kindest brightest and most agreeable of men that you never said to me a word of compliment or silliness or impatience or anything that wounded me and heaven knows you have said bad things enough and this you may cut out and show to men and angels when we come to blows the worst thing i ever knew you to do was not answering my last letter and then aggravating me by coming down as breezy and cheery as if nothing had happened give my love to blank she deserves a better fate but i don't know that i can do aught to forward it mr hunt's reply to this letter was through another person in which reply the only response to my letter was i sent off my telegram with perfect unconsciousness of your state of mind or of the fact that there was any business unsettled which might be talked about your note last night was a surprise and your non-appearance a disappointment did you forget that a certain friend of ours cannot write a word with his own hand do you wonder matters having been many times explained that he thought they must sooner or later explain themselves through your memory we forgot how in a retired life things work in the mind and you must therefore forgive the apparent neglect of one who is overwhelmed by letters and people from day's beginning to day's end 
this reply was not soothing the suggestion that one is morbidly suffering molehills to rise into mountains is not flattering to his intellectual calibre nor is it agreeable to be assigned to the part of one who had been so given to dissatisfaction that it was not worth while to try to quiet him again one thing i did learn from it that mr hunt did not design to answer my question i none the less desired an answer i thought if i could not secure it perhaps someone else could mr dane was an old friend of mr hunt's and a friend of mine his office was but a short distance from mr hunt's he had chanced to write me some excellent advice about saving money just before without however any knowledge of this affair i wanted somebody's opinion and i could not talk about the matter i therefore wrote to mr dane a letter of self-justification not to say glorification saying you think perhaps because i have once or twice lost a few things therefore i take no heed of anything on the contrary there is probably no one in the land who on the whole is more careful systematic and provident than i truth there is no such thing as independence or dignity scarcely honesty without money perhaps that is putting it a little too strong but at any rate impecuniosity is a constant temptation i should have more if i had had ten per cent on the books as the segregational issue most said the other day was the custom for new authors i don't i have only fifteen cents on a two-dollar book and ten cents on a dollar and a half book which is not nearly ten per cent and if you can tell me any reason why i should not have as much as an unfledged author i wish you would put up your patents and do it i want money just now extremely if i had a few thousand dollars i could benefit some very excellent person certainly and in all probability should lose nothing myself but in the course of a few years by the time i should want my money at least have it all back i can take up bonds to be sure and i rather think i shall but as a general thing one needs never to meddle with money that is settled don't you think i talk sensibly don't you take back your insinuations about my loose habits of expenditure unthrift reckless expenditure improvidence indicate an organic defect of character but i will not sacrifice the present to the future the present the present is all thou hast for thy sure possessing whenever i see an imminent need i will not pass it by on the score of laying up for a rainy day for don't you see when the rainy day comes i may not be here to be rained on while to my friend the rainy day is already come i will enjoy money as i go along not in so reckless a way as to involve the necessity of one day imposing a burden upon others and of all enjoyment i know of none so delightful and inexhaustible and i may say so marvellous as to see the amount of relief the quantity of sunshine and help put into another's life by the judicious bestowal of even a very little money did you ever see such a letter as this it is full of me 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 and me's money 
but you began it your letter came down upon me just when i have been full of perplexity for more than a month and you see i have not strength enough to keep myself to myself you will of course consider this all confidential you better make sure of it by destroying this letter as soon as you have read it yes by all means seems as if this letter was sort of virtuous but you know i am not virtuous at all and don't misconstrue me about the books mr hunt has always been everything that was generous and friendly and i do not permit myself to admit for a moment even to myself that everything is not just as it should be but that paragraph in the s induced me to examine my own papers joined with my great longing for money just now and i did not and do not understand it happily it is not necessary i should perhaps that refers chiefly to the great corinthian publishing houses letter mr dane to m n ten per cent was a fair amount i mean ten per cent on the retail price for b and h to pay you when they put their dollar books up to two dollars whether they should pay you the same percentage should depend on their profits and should be a matter of honor with them probably at first they did not double their profits with their price but now i have no doubt they do and more too still you are very much in their hands and it is very disagreeable for you to help yourself if the sale fell off with increase of price although the profit per volume was at the same percentage they would make less money by doing less business did you make any contract with them ever and what was it i don't believe anybody ever gets less than ten per cent on the price but it may be on the wholesale price which is forty per cent off the retail i e a book that retails at one dollar forty cent is wholesaled at one dollar pardon me but i never imagined that a woman comprehends what per cent means yes your principles are good but your practice is probably very deficient m n to mr dane i am going to finish up my business now and then i shall not ever mention the subject again but i did want to talk with somebody about it having so little reliance on my own judgment and your letter came just then and so i wrote i have never mentioned it to another soul confucius is a great deal better friend to me than you ever were or ever will be but somehow i could not speak to him about it i don't want to speak to anyone besides i was afraid he might take up against mr hunt i have looked into my papers but i cannot make much out of them i never thought the first thing about it till i saw in the s what i told you before and i hardly thought of it then but several weeks after when i wanted money and my account for this year was less than i expected i hunted up the old s to see if i had read it right and then i wrote to mr hunt without thought of there being anything wrong but asking him how it was i supposed that there was some modus operandi and wanted to know what it was nearly three weeks before he wrote again and then came a pleasant letter but all he said about mine was then follows an account of the correspondence 
now i must confess i feel next door to being insulted i hate to use the word but there it is blank is as innocent and as good as an angel and does not in the least know what she is writing about but all that mr hunt ever said to me on the subject or i to him did not occupy five minutes and he never spoke but once that was years ago it must have been before the second contract was made he said that owing to the fluctuations of the market the uncertainties arising from war or something of that sort they were going to give their authors a fixed sum fifteen cents per volume instead of a percentage it was at a time when prices of books were changing from one dollar and a quarter to two dollars but i don't know exactly when i assented of course i neither knew nor cared anything about it i had no interest in it and that is all that has ever passed between us even now i have not the least fault to find if i am on the same footing as others but why does he not say so do you think i am entirely unreasonable in being dissatisfied i wish you would tell me if you think so for it is like death almost to think it possible that mr hunt should be in the wrong i have had the most implicit confidence in him i like him so much that i hate to hear a word against the adriatic or anything that he is concerned in i would have been delighted to write for him for nothing if he had needed the money and asked me mr hunt's last letter to me by blank was january eighteenth i did not reply to it and so the matter stands i shall never say or do anything more about it you cannot conceive how distasteful it is to me nothing in all my life literary ever touched me so nearly if i had lost every speck of money that i had twice over it would not have so disheartened me confidence must be entire or it is nothing do not you ever speak to any one of this i shall never mention it a dead friendship is as sacred as a dead friend but if your dead friend will not rest quietly in his grave but persists in stalking up and down the earth scaring the timid oppressing the weak and boasting all the time his own beneficence you must presently learn with browning that even serene deadness tries a man's temper now i hope i have not overwearied you with my tiresome letter you need not be afraid of a repetition of it in fact there is nothing more to say which you will perhaps think the strongest security of all i hope that you are good at least that you are content with nothing less than good which is the highest that any of us can go i fancy i think you had better burn this letter too it will be safest mr dane to m n february the fourth let us try your case by admitted principles inasmuch as you put yourself into mr hunt's hands to do what was right he was bound to pay you as much as others receive upon whose winnings the same profits are made this is law gospel and company if he did more it would be generosity if less meanness or worse he agreed for ten per cent on the city lights 
and pays you fifteen cents per copy which is exactly right if it retailed at one dollar fifty cents and he pays you the same on the rest i understand you whether he was reasonable in asking you to assent to the fifteen cents per copy depends on his sales if they were very small he would make less than if large i suppose you own the copyright but he owns the stereotype plates which cost the same whether many or few copies are printed if when paper and so forth increased in value he increased the price pro rata and the sales continued the same he made a larger profit and should pay you more that is your percentage should continue as large now if he sends you proper accounts of the sales they will tell the story as to the number of copies sold but not whether they cost fifty or a hundred percent more than formerly jackson or any book publisher would know as to that it would seem that you have received the minimum price according to jackson and the segregational issue most and my own notions your books are well printed on tinted paper and your notions may have abridged the profits i mean you may have acquired expensive editions more so than was profitable but i think not will you just show me your contracts and accounts of sales i am bound professionally to secrecy and my habits are fixed so that i tell nobody other people's affairs it is due to mr hunt that you investigate the matter to some conclusion mr hunt mistook your position your ready assent to his proposition and your confidence in him which rendered any sharp bargaining unnecessary on your part was interpreted as inability to comprehend matters of business and so they said you understood at once and will again when you are where you can be talked to you gave no heed to what was said and it is a waste of ink to write it all out but you and i know better your mind is logical and your simplicity as to business are sham m n to mr dane thank you for your letter second i don't know whether the sales were large or small enormous i should say considering the quality of what was sold but i don't know what would be considered large as compared with other books i remember that the new zealander a good while ago said that for any book not a novel five thousand was a success and i think all mine or nearly all have come up to that and some must have gone beyond it third i do not know who owns the copyright or the stereotype plates i never heard anything about either fourth i am perfectly willing to push the matter to any agreeable conclusion but suppose i inquire around among the publishers and find out that i have been underpaid what do i gain no money for that is all past and gone will it give me back mr hunt does that strike you as sentimental it does me nevertheless that is what it means next it is very cool in you if the mercury is below zero when you have always been telling that a woman has no logic and that i have no logic and other similar endearments to turn around now 
and quietly speak of my logical mind as if you had been preaching it up all your life i knew it but it is a good deal to have you even indirectly confess it as for business if i choose to turn my attention to it i have no doubt i could master all its details just as i could in cooking but if you have a cook or a publisher for the express purpose of doing the business for you what is the use of perplexing yourself about it i am purporting to go to athens next saturday i will gather up my papers and take them to you if you will burden yourself with them but it is a thankless task but i really do not want to talk about it i had yesterday a hearty sort of letter from mr hunt he says that an unusual interest ever since the day of publication of the rights of men was evident on all hands that elaborate newspaper notices have followed the book in profuse showers and though business is singularly slow this season he thinks it will have a good sale he also says when you come again remember if there are any business matters to be set right we are to do it then and when the juvenile book is ready pray send it for it will take some time to have illustrations made and we are even now preparing for autumn now that does not read like a man who is conscious of anything blameworthy it would be impossible he should go on talking as pleasantly and cheerily and carelessly as if nothing had happened if anything had happened doesn't it look so to you and why should it be bromel and hunt are famous for their generosity and liberality and what motive could they have in changing their course from me it seems to me like an ugly dream i wish i never had thought of it at all they could not have been any worse off and i might have been better mr dane to m n you throw yourself unreservedly into the arms of your publishers few of us can safely be trusted so far mr hunt has apparently given you the minimum share but i do not know even that and you don't without inquiry what i should do is this satisfy myself that he is probably keeping too large a share then say to him frankly in what form you please that it seems so and ask him to explain as a business matter it is proper and between friends it is due to friendship what right have you to listen to the suggestions of the adversary and give your friend no hearing that you don't know much of your affairs is evident because you don't know who owns the copyright or the stereotype plates i do happen to know for i asked hunt once if you retained the copyrights and he said you did the accounts which he should render you will show exactly the sales of course mr h will answer verbally your letter when you meet why not tell him frankly just as you tell me don't hesitate to let me do whatever you wish done only i don't want to be officious end of section three read by angelique g campbell december two thousand eighteen